Hello and welcome to Women in Sports podcast. We've brought together a great panel today to talk about the issue of women's activity in midlife. That is, in that time between roughly the ages of 40 and 60, when women in particular face real challenges in terms of their time and their availability to take exercise, keep themselves healthy, have some fun, play sport. We've got some great people together. One of the the main players is Vitality, a company who's been working with us closely to look at the role that employers can play in ensuring that women in their workforce in midlife can get that chance to look after their own bodies, their own minds through sport and exercise. Carol Bates, we've invited in because she has been a truly inspirational uh, woman for a lot of women in the Crawley area by founding the Crawley Old Girls Football Club, um, which um, you can tell us a bit more about later, but which was really, really grown fast. Also today we have Pippa Andrews, who is Director of Corporate Business at Vitality. Pippa is also a huge champion of being open about the menopause and supporting women through the menopause. And uh, Victoria Sathasifam, who is the head of people at Arjun LLP, who is a major property developer and many of us may know best through the amazing work they did to transform King's Cross. Victoria has come in to really transform its support for its workforce and its people within the company. So welcome, Victoria. The starting point is that 42% of adult women are not active enough to be in good health. Some of the implications of that in our later life are quite appalling, really, in terms of both our mental health and our physical health in terms of things like osteoporosis. What do you think lies behind that, Carol? I think um, previously women have been very involved in family life, uh, looking after children, especially when um, you get to sort of the menopausal age, it, it then changes from children to, to parents. Um, and usually, I say usually, possibly there is not enough time for women to actually spend on themselves. They're, women are very giving of their time to other people, but sometimes forget um, to look after themselves. Um I also think that we need to think about language when it comes to activity as well, because there, there's lots of language about we must go and exercise and, um, you know, come and join us and get fit. And and I think women, especially me, I'm 55 now. If I see the word exercise, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't do that. I'm not fit enough. You know, and it's just around the language and imagery for women of menopausal age that I just think there needs to be some more consideration. Um, and there also needs to be activities that are available for women that don't need fitness um, and things like that. So I just think there's a lot more thought in the activity area needed um, to get women involved in the first place. So then they actually have their me time. Once you get them there, I think, you know, that they make sales for the, make time for themselves. That's no, that's really helpful. And 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 would that be your take on things, Pippa? I mean, we'll come into the menopause itself, but w- would you think that was the main reasons that Carol gave? I think it is. I mean, I, I, I've reflected on it a, a number of times, and I think largely we we see data that a lot of women are put off, sadly, at school. Their school experiences of of competitive sports and forced sports teams, 
And then I think like like most young people, there's a, there's a delay then as they leave school and they don't necessarily see uh, fitness and activity levels as being important. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, the, there's different phases of life. And I think when you start a family, obviously, as you say, the, the, the priority is, is often the family. I think then we're blessed with this midlife stage where we've got potentially teenagers um, requiring a lot of maybe our time along with the menopause, along with supporting uh, more elderly parents uh, of our own. And it kind of all crashes together at the same time. And I think activity, mm. looking after ourselves is is not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind. And I think the other thing I was just going to call out really was from a, from a workplace perspective as well. I think a lot of uh, organisations have built sport and activity and fitness around maybe perhaps more of a male view of what those things are gym memberships etc um and um as we're saying you know activity level doesn't need to be going for a 10k run that's a great thing to do but it doesn't need to be that and 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 different things to different people and i'm not sure employers have really adjusted to what it means to drive activity levels for females which might be different Mm. to to how they drive activity levels and participation uh for for men in the workplace it'd be good to talk a bit more in a minute Pippa, about the the workplace in 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 a very general uh in this sort of general part about midlife the menopause sport activity Mm. and and just coming to you victoria just this with your general hat on um Do you think that all this increased profile that there is now in the media about the menopause can feed through to activity to, you know, to addressing some of the barriers that the menopause itself and its symptoms create uh, to women being active? I I absolutely do. And, you know, I think a lot of this and it's interesting, you both mentioned about having teenagers midlife. My daughter's six because a lot of us actually, you know, I was classed as a geriatric mother at 38. And actually, I was going through my own perimenopausal symptoms, but didn't put the two together because I didn't know about it. And, um, you know, struggled with all sorts of things. I think all of the things that you have said, you know, time, energy, confidence. I think there's a fear of judgment as well, putting yourself out there and being based on your appearance and mm. um, feelings of guilt for, for self-prioritization. And I'm, I feel, I said to my husband last night, I'm so excited about this movement and being part of it at the moment. It's fantastic and where it goes. And I, I'm really hopeful. And I think when we look at the data, I love a bit of data. And when we look at that next year, in the next two years, I think we will see that increase. I really do in activity. Let's go to you, Pippa. I mean, Vitality has been looking at the what we call the the gender play gap, yeah, and um, and it's it's something that Vitality has really championed. What was it that that sparked Vitality's interest in this? It's a good question. So I guess Vitality is has um, always looked to um, brand ambassadors and, and sports sponsorship to help us promote uh, and support our core purpose, which is to enable and drive positive behavioural change around somebody's health and well-being and help people become become more healthy. So um We've supported equally, you know, communities of, of, of men and women. We've, we've already got a lot of links into um, women's sport, I guess, already, and have worked with women in sport for, for, for many years now. 
But we were mindful that although we have associations with England netball, um, park run, women's uh, rugby, uh, women's football, women's cricket, you know, we've, we've got a lot of focus on those more, more recently. Um, we were mindful that we were seeing activity levels dropping, p- particularly in, in midlife for, for females. And it's it's just something that we felt we could uh, bring to life. What could we what could we do more to support to support women? And I think it's it coincided um, quite neatly in in time in a way with uh, the start of lockdown, but also the the rise of the women's movement and particularly the focus on menopause um, and and women in the workplace. And, you know, the the disproportionate impact of uh, lockdown on on women um, around the uh, support needed for children homeschooling, the uh, chores that a, a lot of the burden we were seeing was was falling predominantly to women and we were seeing activity levels dropping more and actually returning more slowly now we're seeing than than men's activity levels so we really wanted to deep dive into that to see if we could understand that a little bit more and and, and help women help women find ways help employers find ways of supporting women um, but of course you need to know what the underlying issues are, what are the causes of that drop in activity? And so we we needed to look into that, I think, a little bit more. So that was the that was the underlying uh, reason. It, it, it did, um, as I say, it, it corresponded um, at, with with the piece of work that we were doing on on menopause, and and that's the other reason I was involved as well is is looking at how we better support women through that menopause journey. And we were seeing that there was a huge overlap. Uh, in terms of the topics that were being discussed in each of those fields, if you like. So in both um, the menopause support services and women's activity levels, um, we're very clear on the benefits of activity broadly for health and wellbeing, but even more so during the menopause. And we were very mindful of the the drop in activity levels during COVID, but even more so for women. Um, So it was a a nice coming together of, of several topics all at the same time that really spoke to the same challenge that, that we're very passionate about yeah that's great Pippa. And, and actually what i i think it'd be quite interesting to, to just allow a bit of a more natural flow of conversation around the 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 step you then took which was to think about your corporate partners um and and how you might influence them I and mean, it's very much the thing isn't it to think of your supply chains and your corporate partners now in, in the, um the private sector and and so and and given that Victoria is part of the private sector too, it'd be quite interesting to see, you know, what what would be your sort of ideal your your ideal for how your corporate partners, Pippa, might pick up this and and run with it, and and how realistic. I then come on to you, Victoria. How realistic do you think Pippa's ideals really are when you're <laughs> you're in a company like you like your own in the property sector, for example. And, and and then, you know, I will come to you, Karis. I wanted you to rack your brains about all the women you work with and the different uh, jobs they have, the, the different backgrounds they have, and, and how that may or may not play out in terms of the ability for them to come to training and matches and all that sort of thing. So, Pip, kick off. I mean, what's your dream then for the corporate sector in this space, do you think? Oh, my dream is so if I could distill it down to a few key headlines, um, because there's lots of different things we'd love. But I guess for an employer to recognise first in the the workplace that 
um, one size doesn't fit all. And certainly there, there are gender differences we see um, for how activity and engagement in those activities can be brought mm. to life. So um, th- th- it, it may well be that um, an employer has put into place run clubs and gym memberships. Um, and it may be worth what, what we'd like, I guess, um, em- employers to do is look at look at those things through a female lens. We're not saying only put things in exclusively for women. Um, I guess we're saying look at them through through a female lens. So, for example, run clubs at lunchtime I think they're great I've done a couple but I have to bring in far more kit than men there's extra underwear and and regalia that we have to think about Um, I've also found it very hard myself personally to get out get back get showered but then redry my hair reapply makeup or think about how I'm going to look for the rest of the afternoon that I think is more it's more of a consideration I think for Mm. for women um, certainly than than men and then there's the competitive element the run club I went on isn't a competitive lunchtime run but it feels like it when you're the woman at the back and all the men have taken off at a, a breakneck speed so I guess that um, then I think um, really um, giving the time and encouraging the time for women to take to do activity I think one of the clear themes from from our perspective is that Women don't feel they have the time and they certainly, I think it was referred to earlier, feel guilty if they do take the time. So it's not just a case of necessarily saying, well, everyone's got their lunch time, they can go, they can go and exercise. It's really signposting, normalising that behaviour, getting the leaders to do that and show that that's a great thing to do and really encouraging going out for walks. Things that, particularly for women in midlife, don't make them hot and sweaty. Don't, encourage, you know, don't, don't um, bring out the hot flushes. Don't create uh, a need for them to get changed showered and, and and feel that they're being competitive so look at it through through those different lenses and and talk about it get it out there on the internal discussions get more people talking about things that you know women's netball clubs is, is, a, is a great example women's football clubs even better example you know looking looking at that sort of social angle um I think having a having a social but coming together is is something that women I think particularly benefit from uh sharing chatting um and um I, I think that that will encourage more more and more women to to get involved in being a bit more active during the day so picking up on one part of that people that's really helpful and um and a great vision to have you know the, the question I suppose one of the questions is how comfortable a traditional employer is to look at their workforce through a gendered lens you know how comfortable it's set when it comes to maternity provision how Mm. comfortable is that and I mean Victoria how do you find it I mean you're quite new into Arjun but you know how how have you found it in your career before and in your current role the level of comfort of people to to kind of gender their support yeah it's a tricky one Pippa, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. It is a tricky one because Argent um, isn't a huge organisation. You know, we're, we're circa 200 people. Um, and in organisations where I've worked before, which have been over 1,000, 3,000, you can have networks. And networks are great mm-hmm. because they are there for, you know, for, for everybody, essentially. And it's it's truly inclusive. Not that Argent isn't inclusive. Um, and, of course, I joined at the end of last year. And my my mission is to is to create an all inclusive culture, um, and it's interesting because I almost feel 
you know, in terms of the world of D&I, people feel, well, we've done gender, we're there now, let's focus on mm-hmm. other things, of course, which are important. But actually, we're not, it's ongoing, this is ongoing. And, and um, I think um, I'm, we're very lucky at Argent that it, it is, um, it, it's allowing me to disrupt, which is amazing, and they are listening. Um, but that gender lens is really, really interesting. And particularly the point, you know, not doing activities that make you sweaty. I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, we, we have yoga. David Partridge, our, our now chairman, was running yoga sessions through COVID, which everybody loved. So we really, we love the survey and Argent. We're doing those every quarter. Um, and I think this is something that we'll now, we'll build into that. We will ask our people Um because I think people also feel more comfortable, um, you know, when they can do things on a, an anonymised basis as well. But um, there are advantages and, and non-advantages, disadvantages of, of being in a smaller company. Um, and sometimes it's difficult to drill down like that. But um, I, as I say, I, I have felt a growing wave of um, female power over the past few months. And it's really exciting because... I think sometimes women can be quite unkind to each other, as we know. And I feel that there's, you know, this is really bringing everybody together through a female lens. That's really helpful. I mean, one of the um, thoughts we've had at Women in Sport when we've been thinking about this is is almost how you connect all the different parts of a woman's life. And, and Cara, it'd be really interesting to hear from you because you mentioned about the responsibility for children and that turning into responsibility for parents. I mean, if you look at the statistics from Carers UK, half of all women by the time they're 59 have responsibility for an elderly relative. And we need to be clear that is not always their own parent. It is often their partner's parents or aunts or uncles who didn't have children. And and that statistic for men is 75. Only half of men of the age of 75 have responsibility to care. And you combine that with the still predominant responsibility for children and with the fact you're going through hormonal chaos and you, you know, you come up with this actually very unique experience of the midlife woman. Is that something you kind of see, Carol, when you're with your lovely people in your club who you're bringing in? Yes, I mean, we, we have women from all walks of life um, who are looking after relatives who um, some don't have relatives and help you know, friends, um, and you're sort of transitioning from uh, sort of midlife and trying to actually look after yourself um, because you do it through, through menopause or through perimenopause. There are so many things happening to you and you're trying to come to terms with that yourself. And then all of a sudden you have another uh, thing you have to sort of think about which is older parents and 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 friends as well who are going through tough times and but I think what happens with us is we have um, we have a safe space uh, so it's a female only uh, whether it's the pitch or whether it is on social media we have a Facebook group which is a private closed Facebook Facebook group and the women feel safe there it's a non-judgmental environment um so whether you're joining us from outside um we'll sort of buddy you on your first session uh, to come in so you feel comfortable in that space and um, and then we have our facebook page um which we encourage 
I have sort of check-ins every now and again to see how women are doing because there are so many women in midlife and every woman is going through something different and you know whether it's um I've been pretty lucky through many menopause I think I've just sort of missed out on a lot of symptoms that other women have been suffering I say because that they are suffering um and then you know just for example with the the sort of HRT situation with uh, family with a history of breast cancer. Some women have been put on antidepressants and then the lovely Davina, you know, came out with a programme and said that didn't need to happen. And then all of a sudden that is a whole new conversation. But it's not something that you have outside of, well, you, you probably do have it outside of the home as well. But in our group, because we're all women and women, the majority going through midlife, it's a safe space for that discussion to happen. And then what you find is somebody will comment saying, this has happened to me um, and I need a bit of help, I'm struggling. And then all of a sudden, these we've got 200 women on the page will you know, sort of all grab them inside this bosom of wonderful love and support, will just help them, um, offer support, offer guidance and their own experiences and they'll discuss them together and and I think that's really important so it's not just about the activity of a team sport it's also about what comes off that as well so you, you have you know this social community of, of women empowering and supporting each other um, and then you're being active sort of in a, a different time so there's always that safe space non-judgmental environment where women you know can talk about these things and and get some help and advice that is amazing carol and we all want to be part of your club i think when we hear you talking um i mean it would be interesting just to explore that that more on the pitch do you see your the women in your club really thriving on the on-pitch teamwork as well yeah yeah this is um so the one i have a, a really strong um ethos that competition doesn't matter where we are it's all I want is for women to come along to our sessions, enjoy them, have fun and come back again, make new friends. Um, and the ethos is, is really strong that it doesn't matter if you have a wayward pass. It doesn't matter if you can't run up and down the pitch. It doesn't matter if you miss kick something. You're there to have fun and enjoy it. And, and that's the most important thing. Um, so I think once you get that ethos um, and everybody knows what the situation is, that then empowers other women because you have so many inspirational women coming. We, we've got a 66-year-old woman, Viv. She's absolutely wonderful. She will go in and tackle people and you just watch her and she's such an inspiration. I, I'll go in there with my rolls of fat running about, maybe fall over and have a laugh. And, and people will look at me and think, well, actually, if she's running about doing that and, you know, she's under this table there are you know a few extra rolls of fat from menopause and previously but if women see that they think I can do that myself I'm not going to go into this place where I have to exercise and be a certain fitness level or certain ability level I can go into that space having no experience having I don't have any ability and this is one thing we, we do make sure that people know is you don't have to have any experience any ability to play football 
we run different sessions so that women can choose which sessions they go to. So if they've had no experience, they'll come along to the beginner's session. And once once you get past that gate of going in, the women there are in exactly the same position. They've all come along without most of them without knowing anybody, without knowing any anything about football. And I think this is the this is the thing as well with activity is that women think you have to know something about the activity that you're going to do. Mm. Now, if you if I said to a woman, one of my friends, come play football, you know, come play with us, it's fun. The two things that they say to me is, I don't know anything about football and I, I'm not fit. I can't play football, I'm not fit. And I say to them, but you're exactly the type of women that we want to join us because we want women that aren't fit. We want women that just want to, we just want to get you in that environment and get you active regardless of your activity levels, your experience. I mean, I had an exercise for goodness knows how many years since I was about 19, I think. And as I said before, the thought of actually going in, if somebody said to me, I'll come and play in a a football team, then I would be, oh my goodness, I can't do that. So again, I said the language and you know the the marketing that's used to get women into the activity in the first place is really, really important so that women know that there are activities that they can do without having to have experience. I mean, all those years of going through um, you know, families and children and as I say, you don't get time for yourself and you you get to a place where you're not fit sometimes. And, and what do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and what do you think? I mean, in terms of the the background lives of the women you do know best, perhaps in the club, you know, are most of them working? Would you say? Yeah. Well, we we have a mixture. We have you know, Tracy, who's one of our inspirations. She's a librarian, um, up to somebody who helps, you know, the real high corporate business um so we have such a wide range of women and, and jobs um and do you think they're often um do, do you get lots of no-shows because work suddenly asks them to re- produce a report last thing at night or do you get much of that or well this is the thing with with us we run it on a non-committal basis and i think that's really important as well we have to be flexible because women have so many commitments outside um as in work, as in meetings and things. So what we do is we run our sessions and it's entirely up to the women whether they come along or not. It's non-committal. So you say that up front. So up front you yeah. say this is a... Absolutely. You, you, you just sign come up. In, you, yeah, you don't yeah. have to come every single Wednesday or you're out. Yeah, and I think that's really important as well because, as you say, women have so, so such busy lives. Um, you know, they could be taking someone to hospital or they could be doing something one evening and we don't want them to feel that if they don't come, they're not involved. It's just the sessions are there for people to turn up when they want to. It's flexible. There's no commitment whatsoever. Okay. I think what no, you find really is helpful. when they turn up yeah. and they have fun and enjoy it, they just come whenever they can. So going back to fun then, um and starting with Victoria, if you think of the women you've met since you've joined Argent and perhaps your previous colleagues, your other jobs, how many of them do you think associate playing sport with fun or do it, or taking exercise with fun? Um, probably very few of them, to be honest with you. I think um, for most of them, it, it goes back to that. Well, I think well-being pay, plays a part in it more than fun. Mm. Um, mm. certainly from my perspective as well but I think you know back to 
Carol's point, life does get in the way. And before you know it, your body's a different shape and you're thinking, crikey, what's happened? And for a lot of women, they go to the gym to get in shape. Um, and fun doesn't really come into it. And I think, Steph, to your point, because it's it's quite a solitary thing when people are going exercising, unless they're going doing a spin class or, you know, whatever. But, you know, they're, they're definitely, if there's, there were more team-based activities, I think that that would increase the fun factor. But I wouldn't say in my experience, certainly with the women I'm dealing with, that they're going to the gym for fun. No, and I think, you know, Cliff, it'd be helpful to take your, have your take on this because I think it's one of the big barriers to women and girls getting active it's generally um the men i know would just automatically associate sport exercise with going with some friends and actually enjoying playing five-a-side football or something like that whereas nearly every woman i would know would grit their teeth and put themselves through hell to try to you know lose a few pounds so you know the vision for the this is very much focused in a way carol on the how uh, the employer can help women you know what? What would be our? You know, I, can we imagine a whole series of netball teams at at uh, at Argent going off and playing in the multi-use games area? I, I you know, know there is one already. There, um, really? Oh, great! Yeah, there is. It's just we, they haven't been doing it because of COVID. So um, there great. is one in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and they need more sports um, to get involved in recreational. So, we, so we're part of women's recreational football. I think there definitely needs to be more sports that offer recreational activity rather than just the sport where it's which is fine for some women because they they still want to be competitive and they want but I think it's really important to get women into activity for the first yeah. time when they haven't done it for a long time. Actually recreational is not it's, it reminds you of the word of sort of the place recreation ground as a word doesn't it but recreational is the issue isn't it it's about the fun side of of sport almost isn't it Absolutely. rather than the intense competitive side of sport mm-hmm. and and I just wonder you know if it's possible for an employer to inspire that unless they have some understanding of the gender side as well because it's probably quite a different challenge do, do you think Pippa? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, I mean, I see that within our own organisation as well, and our own staff, and what we do. I think we, even with us, we've got we've got mute, sort of probably more more men's teams doing things than we do have women's. We we do have women's teams for things. I think the key is is what you touched on um, earlier. It's it's the social side of it, and I think for a woman to say there's going to be a netball team, do you want to put your hand up for it? Even with the employer kind of facilitating that, I think the vast majority simply won't because, again, they have memories of how they played netball at school and what that was like. Um, So I think sharing the information, if you do manage to get something and sharing stories out with people and and kind of having advocates within the organisation like mini champions going out and sort of recruiting more people and, and really focusing on the social side. So we were talking about sort of just starting to, to, to go from nothing to a full-on team might be a bit too much. So we were talking about starting with walking meetings at lunchtime, walking networks, social networks, and make it a lot more about the social uh, side of things and the inclusivity side and the more well-being side of it, as you say, rather than go to the gym to work out, to lose weight, to look good, and and, and complete, completely sort of shift the focus to to well-being. And, and, and I think focus on the mental 
uh, well-being support that you get from doing that and getting out and about and getting a bit active and getting some fresh air. And I think it's then a little bit more of a natural loop for that group to talk about doing slightly more active things um, as, as a follow on to that. But I think you've got to start somewhere. And I think sometimes we we start with something that's actually quite a big barrier for women because, um, again, you've got things like uh, and I and I I don't know how much to mention here, but women who have had children, you know, they've got potential bladder concerns and all sorts of things that they might be worried about going from nothing to a very physical, albeit non-competitive activity. So I think there's a gradual journey that that employers could maybe help bring women through. And it's also sorry to interrupt that, but it's also education as well because we need more education. Um, to women in midlife that actually being active is much better for you than the risk of not being active um so you've so you're increasing your bone density you're saving off diseases um by being active whether it's going full pelt on a 10k run or just having a walk the fact is you're being active yeah you know it's 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 much better for you to than risking not being active if you see what I mean so it's just educating women isn't it it is I think I think a lot of women still don't know that um and I confess I didn't know as much as I know now when I started entering sort of perimenopause about the the overwhelming positive effects of 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 activity not just on bone density and osteoporosis but limiting the side effects and the the impacts that we see of of menopause itself and and limiting the amount of symptoms that you're going to get so so many women don't even know that so I think you're right the education is is a big part and that's definitely where an employer can step in so we've put the peppy menopause support services throughout all our plans and we support employers with information and webinars and things to educate and we get such great feedback because women all typically dial into it knowing very little about the impact of midlife and menopause on their bodies and how activity um, can can support them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's mental, like you said before, Pippa, about mental health as well. That we've heard many stories of um, women in midlife and menopause um, and how, you know, they're the, what's the word I'm looking for? Their anxiety levels, um, yeah. you know, very low. And, and once... You, being in a group and being in a team sport, if you can gather around and help that one person um, to actually come and be active, yeah. then after the session, they feel so much better and their well-being, you know, is lifted. Um, so it, it is sort of trying to galvanise a group together um, to help other people. And then once you've completed that activity or you've had fun doing something, and again, fun is important, um, then that person's well-being is much better than it was before they started the activity. That's all really, really inspiring conversation. And and I I think you touched, Pippa, on you didn't, even you in this conversation didn't know how much you ought to say about pelvic floors. Um, how, how much more open do you think society is becoming about really very important biological issues which traditionally were completely swept under the carpet how open both men and women are really to discussing these kind of female biological issues which actually we should be able to be very open about we shouldn't have to be stuffing our tampons up our sleeves and running to the loo should we which i found myself doing the other day funny enough when i was in the office um 
Yeah. I think, I, I don't think men are there yet. <laughs> Rash generalisation. I speak for all men. They're not. Um, and um, I, I just going back to Carol's point, what I'm hearing and everything you're saying is about camaraderie and bringing everyone together. I really yeah. love that. And for me, you know, I've, I've met many women with sharp elbows in my career because women think that's what they have to do to be successful. Um, and actually, probably lots of those women with sharp elbows were going through perimenopause, menopause and all of those things and had other stuff going on that we weren't aware of. Um, I, I, I personally, am, I, I caught myself putting my tampon up my sleeve the other day and I, I stopped myself and I thought, I'm just going to carry this. Did anybody know it? Did anybody care? No. And then they all fell out of my bag, funny enough, as I was leaving to the end of the day. So there we go. Um, it, it's about awareness, isn't it? And we are we are running webinars. We are publicising stuff. And I think the more um, us women talk about it and don't really care who's in the room and who's listening, the more comfortable men will be. But yes, you know, even when my husband might bring it up with him, he really, really wants to support me, but I can just see him. It's not comfortable. And for some women, it's not comfortable. You know, it's very, it's, for some women, it's a very private thing. And, you know, you've got to be respectful of that as well. But um, as I say, the, the movement is growing and it's strong and you see it, you know, every day. My mum stopped HRT uh, when she was in her 50s and now she has rheumatoid arthritis. She is now back on HRT. Her mobility is so much better of that awful information that we got that piece of research however many years ago and mm. um, and she's now sending me information about various things and you know things that are going on and it's fantastic so um we've got a long way to go Steph. I think as well when you just going back to team sports I think what happens that when you are a group of women that are together is that you empower each other you give yeah. And by doing that, you give women confidence. And then I, I've seen women that have walked in to our group really, really shy. And they've been inspired by other women. They're now inspiring other women themselves. Their confidence levels are raised. And then they start talking about issues like menopause and, and their problems. And they communicate maybe what they might not have done previously so I think sort of being in that environment where women are empowering each other, supporting each other, then increases the confidence for them to speak out as well. So there are just so many positives, aren't there, really, to the groups of women to be active you know, together. The, yeah, Pippa, in a company like Vitality, which ought to be right out there with all of this conversation, do you still think there's there's more to go, even in sort of the health insurance? I know you do other insurance, but you know, even that type of company? Yeah, for sure. There's still loads to do, loads, loads more. Um, it's a relatively recent thing um, in, in, in health insurance. I mean, we were first to go live with menopause support services as part of our plan a year ago. You know, we were the first in the market to do that. So it's it's still a long way behind. I mean, when, when I started looking at it and diving into it and looking at the dynamics around it, we kind of feel it's where mental health was about 20 years ago. No one wants to really talk about it, but people are starting to realise that they probably should. Um, it's taboo, isn't it? It's, it's taboo, taboo, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we've done many, many webinars where the 
population on our webinars is either 99% female or 100% female. And it's, it's often discussed, why are there no men on the call? Well, actually, women don't discuss it. So what? how do we think men are going to come in and discuss it with us openly when we're not even really discussing it? It's not really um, out there fully, I, I would say. So I know I still think even a progressive company like ours and innovative company from a health insurance perspective, there's still a very long way to go, sadly. Yeah, um, and we're building it into, you know, we're, we're putting a, a, a toolkit. I'm, I'm the woman of all toolkits at the moment, but putting together something called Line Manager Fundamentals. And in that will be how to speak to someone around menopause if you think if you think they're displaying symptoms, you know, and making them, allowing them to, to be grumpy or to take themselves away for five minutes if they need to. But we're doing that also around... Um, flex the working request you know all sorts of things so just making sure that um our line managers are armed as well um it's still quite uncharted territory isn't it because it feels different for all of us um, i think think positively though going forward we had um, one of our women came onto the group the other day and said oh it's been an amazing day at work she said we've just had this talk on menopause and we've just my company has just taken on this uh, menopause <laughs> policy and it was it was really exciting and everyone's like oh that's amazing so you know it's positively we are looking forward and yeah yes, and hopefully like and, and hopefully quicker than we did to respond to the mental health thing uh, the, the analogy that I think you made Pippa did you or was it Victoria I can't remember no, about it was Pippa about we were here with mental health 20 years ago hopefully the experience of being a bit slow with that might mean this is a much more accelerated, and it does feel like that. It is an accelerated process for companies taking on menopause policies, which in itself makes women feel more valued and understood. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, it is it is a bit of a moment, I think, and it's just fabulous that on the ground we're getting so you know we're getting this upswell of community clubs, of which Carol is a bit of a beacon, really. Um, which are bringing women in in a different way, in a different context, in a less limiting and probably more joyful way than women have experienced the interface with exercise before. And that's amazing. And that is the opportunity. And then in the corporate world, we're seeing this this revolution, really, in, in the menopause policy side um, and in various other aspects of addressing the well-being of employees. And it is an exciting time and it would be brilliant to uh, to see that brought together and to see the outcome of that in 5, 10, 20 years time. <laughs>